to DesignCast. Jason Reagan will guide you through the design course like a pro. Stay tuned. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome. I'm Jason, and I'm so excited to have all these folks joining me today. I will let them introduce themselves because uh, I cannot do them justice. So <laughs> if you guys would go around. Kim, do you want to start? Uh, sure. I have no idea what to say. My name is Kim Hogg. <laughs> I am working currently at Chadwick International with Jason uh, and two of other two of our other guests today. I'm currently teaching design. I am also an English teacher, and we've been doing podcasting at our school through both English classes and with the club for a couple of years now. And so we're going to be talking a little bit more about that today. Uh, <laughs> my name is Alex, as you can see down over. Let's see if I can get it right, right over, right over there. Uh, so I'm a secondary tech coach, and I'm working with. Wait, no, there, did I, there, I got it right. Okay, I'm working with Kim and Jason and mm. Bree. Over there, She's down right. there, there, over there. Okay, put the Brady down. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get all the squares right. Um, I've just moved to Korea uh, in the last six months. I was living in Vietnam before that, and I am the host of a podcast called The Ed Tech Lens, and I talk to different education specialists and and talk to them about what technology means to them. Sarah, you want to go? I, I don't know how skilled I am at pointing. Hey, oh. It's harder than you think. It takes, it's the opposite of what you think. Hello. Well, my name is there. I think you can figure it out. But my name is. We can see. I'm uh, just realizing that I didn't put my last name. But my name is Sarah Candela. I am a. I work with nobody here. <laughs> I only. I know. I know Jason kind of through yeah. what I do, and so I am mm. a veteran English teacher. I taught English in New York for 15 years, and now I am in Los Angeles, um, which is a whole other story. But now I work with. Uh, well, first of all, I host a podcast called From Bell to Bell, which is where I, which Jason has been on, and his episode has not been released. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's the coming. The fact I know. that it was four and a half hours long. <laughs> wow. um, and uh, on, on my podcast, I invite teachers to pick films and television shows that take place in schools. And we talk about the way the media portrays um, the culture mm -hmm. of the school environment and teachers' mm -hmm. jobs and the way students and teachers are treated in the media and society. So we talk about that. We laugh a lot. We giggle for Very four cool. hours. <laughs> um, we try to take a serious lens. Um, but what I do now since I've left teaching is I work with Synth, which is an online micro kind of mini podcasting platform yeah. that has kind of taken off amongst educators. So um, that is kind of how Jason and I got connected because he has he became last year one of our ambassadors mm. for Synth. Um, I'll go. I'm also um, a Chadwick person. My name is Brianna. I've been there for six years in um, different capacities. My background is mostly in literature, but also second, second and many more language learning. Most kids come to us today being more than bilingual. English is the language of instruction, but it's definitely not their mother tongue. <laughs> so mm -hmm. podcasting has been really cool in that way that it, it allows another medium for expression. And so I've really enjoyed um, watching my kids blossom in ways when the screen is a little bit too intense or getting up in front of others is too intense. So um, this is, I've been in, in Korea for six years. Yeah. Happy to be here today. Well, I'm super excited to have all you guys uh, and you all got very different experiences, which uh, is why I thought it'd be really neat to have all of us on talking about this thing. Mm. And ironically, I was actually miking myself up sharing lessons with students 15 years ago I would record mm. myself because the students traveled a long way on buses and I would give them the file on a USB thumb drive or something and I didn't realize I was podcasting but that's what I was <laughs> yeah. doing <laughs> yeah. I didn't have intros or outros but you know it was still it was still what it was and so but the, the language thing is a big part of the podcasting puzzle especially internationally is that you especially I love synth little plug there with the first 60 seconds being able to transcribe <laughs> what you're saying, which is really yeah. awesome for kids who language, you know, can is new. Uh, and so it's been really a fun journey. And I enjoy just doing podcasting for fun. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nerd like that. So I guess no. <laughs> it helps no. having a great voice. Too. You just got you the voice like for radio. Oh, come on, man. I have the voice of face for radio. So <laughs> uh, for anyway, radio. <laughs> <laughs> so um, can you guys talk a little bit about um, how you're actually using podcasting sort of in, and Sarah, I know you're out of the classroom, but uh, how, what kind of applications can we use it for in education? You want me to go first? Sure, go right ahead. <laughs> I didn't know if you were asking me directly. Or... No, it's it's totally cool. <laughs> as far as I mean, I can talk about what we 
have seen teachers using synth for and mm. that and and that has kind of developed over the last year or so um working with ambassadors like yourself mm. who have given me a lot of a lot of ideas based on what they were naturally using voice for and a lot of that started with them kind of seeing a need for students to be a little bit less attached to their screens at all times so mm -hmm. rather than relying on recording platforms that maybe completely rely on video or or mm. you know need that component to really function mm. using audio kind of opened up a little bit more space to be creative and to and to be imaginative and and kind of go from there so it's more than just and this this goes for not just using synth but it's more than just mm. podcasting it's it's using using it for formative assessment mm -hmm. using it for mm -hmm. Um, you know, now that we're facing all this, these closures and potential distant <laughs> learning here, yeah. like that's what we're thinking about. I'm in California, but you know, I taught in New York. So all of my friends, and I actually was just in New York last week. So <laughs> all of my teacher friends are over there. So, um, you know, cause I never taught on this mm. side of the country. So all my teacher friends are in New York and they're all, you know, also talking to me about ways that they can, I'm like sending them links. I'm like, now you wish you listened to that here. <laughs> When I, was trying to train you, ago, right. when I was trying yeah. to train you on using synth for podcasts, ignored mm. me. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, so now I'm like texting like 40 people the link today. I'm like, hey, no school on Monday. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah, there you go. Um, but it seems to be, Have a look. It seems to be um, a way, I mean, just before, a couple hours before we went live on this broadcast, a couple of mm. our ambassadors were tweeting about ways that they were using it just this mm. week, kind of in prepping for projects. We saw somebody using it for a poetry assignment um, where students obviously couldn't or are not able to recite or, you know, things that are meant to be heard or read out loud like mm. poetry, but you don't need to mm -hmm. see someone reading it out loud. They're using, mm. using something like that to record and hear each other and comment on each other. And then a student can I'm sorry, a teacher can give feedback directly. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the uses are endless and I don't want to take up everybody's space, but I would also love to hear how people are using um, <laughs> using it in their rooms now or using podcasting and, and even not just creating, but also listening mm -hmm. as well, because that's, mm -hmm. that's, I think, an important thing when we think about having to take learning outside of the classroom. If I can jump I think, in here. Yeah, go um, for it. Sorry, Brie. No, it's okay. I just wanted to, to catch on to what you were talking about in terms of uh, the distance learning needs and things that are starting to become a reality mm. outside mm. of East Asia for a lot of people. One of the things that I can remember from my own experiences as a distance learner was how exhausting mm. it was to get everything just in text all the time, whether that was mm -hmm. my communications mm -hmm. with people, my instructions, my lessons, my research. All of that was done via text, and I craved being able to hear a voice and I think that's something that, as a lot of us are looking at how we use podcasting, and we're thinking in particular about the distance learning situation that a lot of us are up to against for the very first time, mm. that even if it's a little uncomfortable, I would really encourage people to take the time to try it out and mm -hmm. to see if they're able to do some kind of instruction, even with audio, to try to give people another avenue into how they're accessing information and how they're processing information just to give mm. them a break from the, the text-based version of life. So mm. I would just step in and say that. I think to, to just add on to what you're saying, Kim, I'm reading so many headlines about how they're going to continue education if you're not a one-to-one -one school, for example. Right. And many, many children have cell phones. And what's great about podcasting is you can do so much of it with a handheld device you can still do school with these, with podcasting, with recordings, without having to rely so much on a laptop. And, mm -hmm. and that's great if you're, you know, a school that comes from a particular demographic, but a lot of people around the world are going to be, you know, working at, at a minimal level of tech access, I would say. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great conversation. I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah, I'm up over here. <laughs> I, I think also I like, uh, a good time for me to jump in after hearing Brie talk was um, I'd like to add on the idea that we can also document things uh, where you're able to record it. You're always able to come back to something. And I think that's why I started to get into podcasting this year. We have a bunch of great speakers come to our school and they come for a, a one-off and they, mm. um, they leave mm. and we didn't really have any way of remembering all of these great people that had come through. So um, a really 
a great moment in my life that I remember is having read Alfie Cohn and then him coming to speak. And that was like so exciting for me, but I didn't have a chance to really speak to him or interview him. And after that experience, when he had gone, I thought to myself, I wish I had something to document it or to come back to, or maybe even to share with others. So I was speaking to our, um, our, our head of professional development at our school. And I asked him if, would it be all right each time we have a speaker come through, could I interview them, you know, talk to them about their work, but through the perspective of technology. So that's how my podcast was born. So I've had only two episodes so far, but it hopefully is going to be this uh, repository where we have more people coming through and then we can always come back. And, you know, imagine if a teacher was gone and they, they didn't have the chance to attend that session with that speaker this podcast would potentially be able to be some sort of document for them. And I think that's my kind of connection to what Bree was saying also during school closures, students that are, you know, working on something, they'd be able to document their, their thinking or their work. And it, it's a, a, another form of blogging. I, it, you know, mm -hmm. it can be a reflection. It can be mm -hmm. a snapshot in time. So I, I really like that element to it. I really love the idea of podcasting as a text too. And I think that mm -hmm. probably from the literature background, there's so many good stories that you can listen to. Um, I think my yeah. favorite that's not kid-friendly is like S-Town. I feel like I've listened to it yeah. a few times over the years. It's just fabulous, <laughs> right? And it's a novel. And I think if we can, as a society, create more texts that kids can hear, like this young adult lit version, instead of just simply saying it's an audiobook, but what if it was truly just a podcast? And I think... I hope that's an area that really explodes um, in the near future. I know that it exists, but it would be cool if, if schools um, embraced it more in the future. Yeah, the narrative the side of, of like YA podcasting. Oh, yeah. There needs to be more of a brand of that, I think. Yeah, I agree. And there's a real lack outside of like a couple of kid-geared science podcasts and, and a few other things. There's not mm -hmm. really much that's narrative that's geared towards kids in that, that, that YA kind of demographic. Right. So yeah, I, the, the narrative that I see a lot that gains the most traction is for very little kids. Um, right, I do too. Yeah. To be a short 10, 15 minute, because they can't handle, you know, a length very much longer than that, especially mm -hmm. with no visual attached to it. So, you know, they're very short little narrative bursts almost, but mm -hmm. uh, there's really nothing substantial for it. And that's why, that's why, you know, teachers of you know, eighth, ninth, tenth graders wind up wind up giving them things like cereal and S Town because yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're reading adult they're uh, reading adult novels in school, so yeah, <laughs> there's no bridge. Yeah. Well, and as a teacher, you're like, should I be sharing this? <laughs> but man, it's good. <laughs> You'll love it. You'll, you'll see abridged uh, teacher versions of cereal pop up everywhere. And I'm mm. like, how do they manage that? Yeah, I'm going to check that out. I've never listened to them, but I have seen people say mm. like, hey, I have an abridged version of cereal or only listen to this episode with your 10th graders. Like, Great. <laughs> <laughs> that, was work. that was actually a big question that we had with our 10th graders and we did our media mm. studies unit the last couple of years because we did play the first episode of Serial as yeah. our kids. We looked at the other texts that we had and the language content and things like that and made a decision that, well, it's on par with the other mm. books that we're teaching. And so for 10th graders, we felt it was a, it was an okay decision to make uh, and incredibly engaging incredibly yeah. engaging but they loved it and it really hooked them into the model of podcasting mm -hmm. and um just to kind of get back to part of the original question you had there jason <laughs> it's okay i said it was um, free for me <laughs> the original question there's, there's, there's no plan <laughs> <laughs> but so what we did when we were looking at media studies was examining this newer form of media mm. and one of the activities that students had the option to choose for their final assessment was to create a podcast of their own. And we had some really amazing student mm -hmm. content come out mm -hmm. of that, that was just basically so mind blowing that we had to form a club. Mm. That was just, there was no way around mm -hmm. it. I think thinking about it as literature, thinking about it as a text. And then when you see the kids really get engaged that it creates this total opportunity for them to start exploring mm -hmm. their own voice and putting their own ideas out into the world, which is just fantastic. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. The podcasts you guys make are, are so much fun to listen to. Yeah. Hearing the youth voice and hearing them express themselves as well. Mm -hmm. It's really enjoyable. Yeah. It seems like when I, when I tune in, they're just being themselves. They don't mm -hmm. feel like 
you know, there's any restriction. Uh, it's really cool that school can be that place to express mm-hmm. themselves. Bravo for that. It's really a lot of fun to listen to. It's been a lot of fun to do. We are just over one year into production. And mm-hmm. with the exception of our holidays and now these this distance learning situation that we're in, we've been able to put out a weekly show consistently mm-hmm. since last January, which is mm-hmm. amazing. And we've <laughs> yeah, just switched up our format. So it's 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 incredible. We've decided to split switch up our format and pull out of our, our long format stuff from our kind of weekly announcements things that we've been doing. And so we've moved to a weekly announcement show that is both broadcast within the school and broadcast online and have moved to doing a more monthly based podcast with a longer format to give mm-hmm. students the opportunity to develop it further and create something that's a, a higher quality that's more mm-hmm. in tune with um their goals and what they would like to do that's been tricky our first episode has been pushed back like six times now because <laughs> we're still so we haven't actually launched our first episode but mm. we have all the tape yeah. ready to go it's just a matter of us having a meeting and going over our our rough cuts and, and figuring mm-hmm. out where we want to take it so hopefully we'll be back in school in april and we can get that done mm. <laughs> that sounds oh, like every new podcaster out there i have a lot of tape recorded <laughs> but yeah. i just haven't I just need to edit or it just needs editing yeah <laughs> from four and a half hours <laughs> i'm like i've been telling i've been telling jason that since it's September. okay it's okay <laughs> it'll be totally worth but, it i know it'll be totally worth it <laughs> sarah were you using um, any podcasting when you were teaching english at all no and it's actually interesting i mean it's a longer story than i mm-hmm. can get into here but it's it's one of the reasons that i decided to shift out of education mm-hmm. um and it was i had been thinking about it for some time because i mm-hmm. had been kind of dabbling in podcasting myself a little bit but as a lot of teachers especially english teachers writing teachers like find that it takes so much of yourself to dedicate to that job that I found mm. I had very little mental space to kind of mm-hmm. do anything really substantial outside of that. Mm. Um, mm. On my own, I couldn't gain traction like with learning what I needed to do and mm. finding time for that. So I started to think about what, um, and I also had students who knew that I was very interested in podcasting and they didn't know what it was, but they would see me doing little things and <laughs> we're talking about it or using it, using I would use some audio in class sometimes, but mm-hmm. never, okay. I didn't record with them, but they started to ask and I was the, um, what is it called? Newspaper advisor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, what is that thing I did forever? <laughs> um, and <laughs> he's blocked it now. It's gone. <laughs> I'm like, I taught journalism, but what was that thing? We, we produced something of product. <laughs> I, I taught journalism and, and we and I was a newspaper moderator for many mm. years. And in my last year, my newspaper students did start were the ones that really started to approach me and thought and gave me this idea of like, can we sort of merge the two things and can mm-hmm. we put out some sort of audio product? But the funding, like I had to put together mm-hmm. a crazy proposal just to get mm. I mean, I, I they wanted it to be part of the newspaper. It was a whole big thing, but um and then getting the equipment. And I worked at, an, at a performing arts high school, so the equipment wouldn't have been too far off, mm-hmm. of, you know, from mm-hmm. what we already had. But, but yeah, anyway, like that, hearing the interest from even just that small group of journalist kids that I had, um, they that kind of gave me the idea that hmm, maybe there's something in here that I could explore um, that would give me room to kind of do more outside of the classroom. So, you know, that's kind of what led me led me to this crazy transitional <laughs> world that I'm in now. <laughs> but it was the idea of like of, of doing a little bit more with with this medium that really mm. is very exciting to me. So all of all of that has led me to this very moment. Um, yeah. We're all quarantined to our houses. Right. <laughs> talking on the we internet. have to use it to communicate. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Now, now people want to be my friend because I know how to use all the yep. things. That's right. Oh, we all understand exactly what you're all doing. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> new friends. We've been feeling yeah. it for the last month. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, hey, Bree, I want to ask you about the project you've done with eighth. It's eighth grade that you were doing it with. Yeah. Um, we so we just um, embedded it into a unit of inquiry, and the students were looking at tech and innovation. And I think the the way the unit had been taught for a long time was to look at ancient mm-hmm. innovations, and we started the, just wanted to get away from that, and make it more applicable mm-hmm. to life. And the way it um, ended up unfolding was that we wanted the kids to find an innovation that they were sort of interested in exploring deeper. But then it 
throughout the unit, part of the formative work was for them to listen to podcasts to sort of craft in their minds how they envisioned theirs to look, right? So did they want it to be more informative, educational? What tone did they want to take on? Um, and then we, um, I really, they didn't know who they were going to be working with. It was really a matter of creating like a cull of topics that they were interested in and then pairing them up based on interest. And we ended up anything from like the Hyperloop to electric cars. Um, some wanted to do pieces of social media, but I was really surprised about how many kids wanted to do things that were um, rather specific and, and even still in, in, in a, like AI regarding the coronavirus, for example. Mm -hmm. So something other, rather specific. And they ended up um, doing their research because they had to have research as part of it. It needed to actually have elements of information that could be relied upon. We, we really wanted them to get away from just uh, having dialogue back and forth that didn't really have mm -hmm. substance, right? <laughs> Which is easy to do in like a six minute podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they went through the whole thing. They wrote their own script. Um, I worked with two colleagues in this group and, and got time. They recorded, they re-recorded, they listened to themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, it was really fascinating for them to realize they thought six minutes would be so hard in terms of time to fill. And then they were into like 10 minutes and, and they, you know, how do you, how do you get concise quickly, but how do you also decide what information is worth your audience's time? Right. Um, and so I don't think I've ever taught anything where that was quite so profound for my kids. Cause when you're teaching how to edit yourself as a writer, you're supposed to be thinking about the audience, but you're not, <laughs> you know, you're going to give it to right. your teacher. And there's never a time when the audience really has to then like, like your show or comment back on your show. And it's, so it's real applicable to, to go through that process, share it. They did their own cover art. We put it on, um, Stitcher. <laughs> I was like, not Sketcher, Stitcher. Um, so they actually had, you put I know, your shoes on. That's good. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> So yeah. they had to, yeah, publish it and then listen to each other's. And then that's how um, we actually use Kim's podcast with the older students as, as like a model. You could have something like this. And mm -hmm. I believe last year we ended up having guest hosts from my class that ended up on Kim's show at the beginning of the following year. So it, it definitely spiraled into something bigger than itself at the school. Mm -hmm. And I do think it can be a, a force of change within a school. Um, I could see how you could really do podcasts about issues within a school and do a deep dive. Mm -hmm. um, you could also, like I said, teach research skills, but you could also do surveys and you could gather data and you could share it. Um, and I think that could be a real tool um, to change issues of school climate. Um, so I think it can actually be bigger than itself, which is which is cool. As, as you guys talk about using it, using podcasting with students and what they've done, you're reminding me that around this time last year, we had, we were preparing to launch our student podcast challenge with Sim. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. was new and they didn't, hadn't yeah. done that yet. Mm -hmm. um, and within that, within that, like, I'm not, I can't remember exactly how long, I th it may have been about mm -hmm. a month and a half or t almost two months that we gave for preparation. So within mm -hmm. that time, I received so much like reaching out, like either on Twitter or people directly emailing me or on mm -hmm. Medium mm -hmm. um, of teachers with ideas um, or things they were trying with very young students, like, mm -hmm. you know, first graders, second graders, which to me, like I never taught students that young. So to me, what what you what you would do with a student that that on <laughs> yeah. a podcast, aside from just like have them read something right. is is right. was beyond me. But I mean, we had a we had a teacher. I believe it was first grade. It was either first grade or kindergarten who recorded a podcast like every week of the year. <laughs> so oh, wow! She recorded it with with young kids, and wow. they just I, you could tell they were reading from scripts, and they just um, talked about what they were learning that week. So they cool. just came on there and, and described it, and then they would and then they would all like yell together at the end, and and their <laughs> excitement was palpable, and you like wanted mm -hmm. to be a part of mm -hmm. that learning. Um, and they continued it through the whole year, and it was so great. Um, and so yeah, they they were like wound up winning one of our like youngest awards, <laughs> I think, because it was just adorable. But but yeah, we saw so many great um, great projects, and and something that you were just saying, Brianna, about. Um, the research that that just made me just reminded me of something that came out of that of that project last year was that we did have a teacher who actually is one of my ambassadors now who 
came up with a research project. I think it was like 10th graders and 9th graders, but really it could be adapted for anybody. Mm. But they were using synth uh, for podcasting and for projects, um, like project-based ass assessment and stuff like that. But she used, I think it was like group research where they had topics together. And yeah. like we said, like we're not working on when you're writing, it's so hard to focus on audience and tone or, mm. or to teach that and to teach yeah. it through you know, you're producing for an actual, like when they hear the word audience there, that means nothing when you're giving someone an essay. Mm -hmm. I mean, it right. only means something when you're thinking of a person that's going to, or a group of people that are going to consume it. it you know, they could, she assigned topics per, um, per group. And as mm -hmm. they did research and she had a lot of details that went into this, which I do have a blog on that I could send you. Um, <laughs> okay. I Sounds do. great. I'll put it in, I'll put it in the notes. Yeah. Um, well, she had a detailed plan, but she mm. did, um, she had them attached to their audio recordings, which you can mm. do in synth, all of the, all of the links to their research. So within right. Each right. I like that audio within each clip of audio. If we, if, if the five of us were a group, and we were researching together on a topic, we could mm. all work on our own time mm. in our own houses mm -hmm. or after school or wherever it is. And then whatever mm -hmm. research I found, I could talk about it and, you know, just record a piece of whatever. And then I could attach to it the links that linked right back to the research that I found mm. where I got that information from. And then you guys could add it on your own time. And it becomes like a little mini research podcast, uh, like kind of showing what we've done. <clears throat> Uh, mm -hmm. So that was cool. It was a very cool thing that came out of mm. something that was just supposed to be a fun contest. Um, and, mm. uh, and yeah, it just shows the breadth of, of not, of not only what kids are available, uh, you know, if you make something available to them, what, mm. what they're capable of, but it shows that creativity that can be sparked for when you take them out of like a comfort zone. That's super cool. Alex, did you want to say something um, earlier after Brie was finished there? Yeah, I was just going to say how cool that was, um, thinking about data in different forms. Mm -hmm. And I'm somebody who's obsessed with spreadsheets. Anybody that works with me <laughs> probably <laughs> witnessed this. But I, I think data is really interesting in all of its different formats other than spreadsheets. And I, I think mm -hmm. um, qualitative data is really interesting because it's a little bit harder to, to manage, a little bit harder to wrangle and hard to, to pull insights out of. But it's kind of an interesting idea that, that Brie was inspiring and made mm. the idea that you could gather a bunch of different research and interview a bunch of different people. And somewhere like Synth or a podcast could be that collection of, of mm. different research points. Mm -hmm. I wanted to um, also ask Brie mm. if there's any, any kind of other example that you might think of if you were to think of um, collecting qualitative mm. data like that. I'm just assuming it's qualitative, like interviewing somebody. I mean, yeah. I think so. Um, so Kathy Berger K is an educational specialist in, and many of us know, but for the listeners, she mm. specializes in experiential education opportunities in your room, within mm. your units, um, as a pedagogical practice, right? And so I've been experimenting. I met her last fall, and I've been experimenting with this idea that can my children gather qualitative and quantitative data as part of that research? Um, and even if it doesn't make its way into the final script, the point is they went through that research process, right? And it's one of those things she really highlights this um, I did this MISO method, right? So media for M, interview for I, S for survey, and O for observation. And I think um, it's hard to find authentic ways to always do those things. And I, and I really wanted to build it into what I was already doing with the podcast. So the, part of this assignment for this year was for them to incorporate an expert opinion. And if that person is just a user of the technology, just a user of the innovation, they can still be an expert, right? A, a mm. full-time Instagrammer after school can, can be the person that you want to interview, right? Um, <laughs> right? So I feel like it could be qualitative, but I feel like if, mm. if someone teaches it right and you actually teach them how to do surveying, you could bring that information mm. in if, if your community is going to be the, the baseline of information you're gathering, right? I think um, it really depends on the topic, but I think that would be, I think kids would be really engaged if they knew what percentage of other kids at their school believed this or that. Mm -hmm. So like, think of like your procedures or your policies at your school or student voice. Like, wouldn't that be cool if that could mm -hmm. make its way into an episode of a podcast mm -hmm. that was serving your student body? Really interesting. One of the things that your question brought up for me, Alex, I was reminded of a person that I learned about when I was a kid in school. Um, her name was Helen Creighton, and she was known uh, in my area because she was a very prolific folklorist, and she spent a lot of time going out into her community 
and collecting stories and oral histories and things like mm. that of the people around mm. her. And so um, I think there's a real opportunity in podcasting for us to have students bring in um, the stories of their communities, the stories of their cultures and their mm. histories, mm -hmm. and to really broaden the base of information that we use to gather historical data and to gather information more broadly. It just gives us a chance to get out of the textbook, as it were, mm. and to get into more authentic, maybe anecdotal, but at least authentic and real stories that uh, bring those students and their cultures and their histories to bear into our classrooms as well. So there's a huge opportunity that I think is also a bit unexplored, but that was kind of one of the things that came to mind when you were asking Brie mm. about her research question. I, I really like that idea. I think it's coming back to uh, one of my earlier points too, that uh, it's a form of documenting. Mm -hmm. It's a form of recording and archiving and keeping a memory. I'm also kind of, my mind is going into another place too, that with young people, you know, they're the YouTube generation. They love anything that's on YouTube and that instantly gets buy-in because, mm -hmm. you know, it's YouTube. It has social capital behind it. Mm -hmm. And we're talking so much about something that's sort of like this revamped version of radio. We're talking about mm -hmm. modern radio that's um, kind of on demand. You can listen to anytime. You can download mm -hmm. it. You can subscribe, you know. And I, I don't know that young people necessarily have have radio as a reference because YouTube is kind of their mm. go-to media source. And mm. I, I definitely, I'm, I'm a believer. I, I think that podcasts are incredible because it's less distracting. It helps mm. us to focus on, on the message rather than any distracting visuals. And it's less about how the person looks. It's more about what they have to say. And, you know, there are a lot of reasons why we can podcast. Mm. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to interview the room, but I'm just curious if anybody had any <laughs> any stance on that. Do you think um, is there is there some way that we can get buy-in with young people? So I, mm -hmm. I just hear that Bree has done a fantastic job with it, and I'm I'm mm -hmm. curious how you know others might also get buy-in. Kim Kim noticed that there was buy-in. Is there any other way that we can get young people excited when it's it's primarily voice? I can I can say uh, one thing, and that is that it appeals to a certain audience, yeah. just like anything else. Even with the the podcast that now runs at the school as part of you know doing uh, announcements and this and that, we also have uh, Sarah for your own reference. We also have a club that does film and video. Okay, okay. Yep. some of those are crossover students, and some of them are not mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we do have some students who really love voice. They love yeah. you know the audio and the the richness that can come from just the listening experience, mm -hmm. versus some incredible filmmakers as well. And we're mm -hmm. right in the epicenter of all this parasite paranoia <laughs> at the moment, you know, because <laughs> a lot of our kids, their families are connected to the entertain entertainment industry as oh. well. There's a lot of interest already. So I think we're talking about an ecosystem at our school, which is very different than a lot of other places uh, that you could be in. But I do believe, especially because a lot of kids are bust places and things like yeah. that, to have something they could just listen yeah. to and then look out the window and think and imagine, I think is a really, really great way. And I think Alex, you're right. I don't know how many of them have actually ever listened to radio unless they were in their in the car with their parents. Uh, and even that could be satellite radio or just a music. And so I don't know if they've ever just listened to even talk radio. I think it's great that you're using Serial, the first episode, because I covered one of Kim's classes. She was out, and I had to do that. And the students were completely engaged and did not want to leave when it was time to go. Uh, so <laughs> I do think the just the novelty of it being a new medium, in a way, uh, is, is good as well. I think with all these school closures, it's a great way for teachers to get their message out to students and for students to respond. And so okay. I've been using Synth to I give them a prompt and then they go and respond to me. And that's how I'm still keeping a personal touch with my students. Some of them love it and they're the first to respond and some of them still don't respond. They hate it. So I think it's really <laughs> going to be all about. And they wouldn't the respond person. to you if they were no, in person. They wouldn't yeah, they right? the same way. They're just being the, yeah, they're so just it's, doing it's, that. It's, it's not new, right? This is yeah. Like, so I think your question's a good one, Alex. What's Thanks. anyone else think? Sorry, I don't want to monopolize the time. Can I, <laughs> can I follow up on that? Something else that you're, you're just kind of making mm. me imagine there, inspiring in me. I think that young people are in love with YouTube, but as viewers. They are mm. 
really uncomfortable when I ask them to turn on their their cameras. Oh, sure. And during yeah. all these school closures, we've been yeah. doing a lot of um, Zoom calls or Google Meet calls, and a lot of the kids just want to leave their cameras off. I find that really yeah. funny. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a little counterintuitive. I thought, oh man, these kids will love video, and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> what they ended up really liking was broadcasting from Streamyard and being able to comment. Yeah. without their yeah. faces and mm-hmm. having that little bit of security so they're still getting to watch me and i'm mm-hmm. kim wait Tim uh, and i have been doing a bunch of great broadcasts on on Streamyard mm-hmm. together to youtube and that's been hugely successful for them mm-hmm. in that they they show up they're engaging mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i wonder if we we're to kind of use that to help paint some sort of vignette of young people today and say well they're more of um of a consumer of video and they're they're less interested in creating unless they have this like i don't know they're they're not camera shy they like to be on camera so i wonder in a sense if podcasting gives them an opportunity to have that that safety while still being a creator yeah sorry to interrupt no it's okay <laughs> yeah, i'm done i'm the kids that are gonna jump on being mm. being comfortable with either you know turning the video on in an online class or creating video on their own are the kids that would that are going to jump onto stage on their own too. Mm-hmm. Or they're, yeah, right. they're you know, they're the kids that audition for mm-hmm. solos. And, mm-hmm. You know, the, they're the kids that are going to, any, for the most part, anyone that's um, experiencing having to work with students online, the kids that mm-hmm. are, like Jason was saying before, the kids that are going to do things or show up for things virtually are, are mm-hmm. almost parallel to the way they would do that in person. But mm-hmm. I think podcasting offers a way to change that. You do see... Mm-hmm like Brie was saying before about the emerging behavior that came out of even just trying to fit this, what could look like an immense amount of research into Mm. a tiny little space, but then realizing Mm. how much you can do with that little space and how meaningful that space can become and Mm -hmm. how important your voice is. Mm -hmm. Um, And not just Mm -hmm. your voice physically, but your voice as as the power of something that can be heard Mm -hmm. by your teacher is not the only one listening to, to this. Like, Many yeah. teachers could be hearing you, hearing mm-hmm. you. She could, you know, they could, they could all be looking, you know, uh, students mm-hmm. like a- anybody. And then thinking that 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 little piece of knowledge of how they can be influential in a class can then be taken outside mm-hmm. of that, where they can think, if I could do this in four minutes, you know, what could I do if I reached a, a broader, you know, a broader audience, my community, mm-hmm. you know, the world, like you know. So I think that I think that podcasting creates a level of comfort amongst mm-hmm. you know almost like levels of playing field a little bit um, for students of all mm-hmm. you know all types of interest and all types of uh, you know different types of creativity and different mm-hmm. skills to kind of to kind of find find what it is that they are not just passionate about but what they're what they're good at mm-hmm. and find what they you know f- work on if mm-hmm. everything from collaborating to being better at, at doing something mm-hmm. solo i mean I, I really feel like it does create a way for students to show who they are and what they're capable of mm-hmm. and um, explore that and hear that in in their peers as well uh, that other mm-hmm. things just don't that that like we're saying video um, or things that take a little bit more courage mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh you know you have if you're a student that's going to do it in video you're usually the kid that's going to do the same <laughs> that's thing true. in person so that's totally i feel true. like podcasting changes that a little mm-hmm. bit yeah. i also i just i think you you nailed it i think podcasting isn't shakespeare like it's not meant to be consumed at its <laughs> highest art form mm-hmm. it's meant right. to be very digestible for the mm-hmm. listener right mm-hmm. you can clean your house and listen to a podcast. You can go for a walk and listen to a podcast. You can play it at two or three times the speed. Yeah. yeah, And (laughs) that's true. true. In the morning. (laughs) You can do that too. Yeah. I mean, clean your house in the morning. (laughs) I mean, you, you good, good podcasting requires your attention, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not so unaccessible for children that they can't even Mm -hmm. imagine creating it themselves. And that's what I think Mm -hmm. I really love about the, the informality of podcasting mm-hmm. is um, at its heart, it's really a good story or a good mm-hmm. content is where it's at. But it's not about can you understand the words in the sentence or do you need, you know, mm-hmm. closed captioning <laughs> or a transcription, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or the whatever that yellow book we had mm-hmm. when we were kids that told us what actually was happening. Cliff notes. Cliff notes. Thank you. <laughs> that, that yellow book. book. <laughs> that yellow book. You didn't have one, Alex. <laughs> uh, I, I think as well. I had spark notes. Oh. <laughs> Mine was blue. 
kind of building off what you guys were saying, mm. I think um, in addition to like the kids that just don't want to be out in public and mm -hmm. and that distributed nature of, of podcasting, how it's mm. it's just me in the headset. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's a very intimate conversation mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. the listener. But it's mm -hmm. also because it's not as public facing as other forms of media. You get mm -hmm. the kids and the voices of the kids and the opinions of the kids that don't normally speak out in class in the same way with the same eloquence and get this incredible insight into their mind, into their world that may be totally missing from class conversations. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not doing distance education, even if you're in the yeah. classroom, I, I think it's a great opportunity mm -hmm. for the kids that don't like to speak out in class to still mm -hmm. speak out and to share their ideas with both the teacher and with their peers in a way that is potentially very resonant. I agree. I think yeah. you and yeah, I several... have been having some success with Flipgrid, mm -hmm. having our students to have their own little quick videos and mm -hmm. re responding to a central prompt. But I notice a lot of the time kids will uh, put their thumbs over their webcams or, <laughs> or something over it. So they're much more comfortable to share their voices. I mean, they're, they're mm -hmm. saying it. That, that That's like data that we could be collecting as well. That mm -hmm. Teenagers are often uncomfortable. Uh, I was also kind of curious too from something Bree said earlier about child protection issues. So often with video or pictures that we post online, you know, we have to cover their faces. We have to make it anonymous. Yeah. But how does that play in with audio? Are, are, can we still have an authentic audience? Can we still broadcast student voice? Um, and, and how can we do that appropriately? One of the choices that we've made in our podcasting is to remove all last names from our podcast. Oh, okay. And so mm -hmm. we've been really trying to be very thoughtful and very intentional in what information we share on the podcast. So anybody that's identified is strictly first name. And I think that allows it to be intimate enough that you get that person's name, you get their voice, but not identifiable enough that they could be say searchable online or things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind mm -hmm. of what one of the considerations that we've made when it comes to both in the show notes and in the show itself as to how we identify people. Yeah, and right. for the most part, when people use synth, and Jason could probably attest mm. to this since he uses it with students now, for, it depends on the age of the students and the school that they're in. It, it really, we find it varies very widely mm. from school district to school district. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and sometimes even within a building, mm -hmm. different wow. teachers have different, like sometimes they're allowed to, they have pretty much free reign, but within their classroom, they personally don't feel comfortable with certain things. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, and also depends on, on, on if they're one-to-one -one or not. So yeah. Yeah. sometimes yeah. we find, and I don't know what Jason does, but he mm -hmm. can talk about that. Um, mm -hmm. But sometimes we find a teacher just makes one account. And like mm -hmm. we said, no one, like you were saying, no one uses their last name. They use one name and uh, mm -hmm. they all, so when something does appear, if something were to appear on the synth platform, it might just mm -hmm. say Jason's name and all yeah. you would see and there might be 25 mm -hmm. recordings but they would mm -hmm. all be under his teacher account mm -hmm. and you just hear different voices as you play mm -hmm. they might say hi my name is matthew and i'm in the 10th grade but you wouldn't know anything you'd have to listen that. to it <laughs> yeah 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 i've turned on the moderation feature mm -hmm. so the approval the post approval feature i can still hear it myself but it don't make it visible. So until right. I click approve, it's not visible for anyone but but me. Uh, I made that mistake um, the first time I, I used it this mm -hmm. year. I left it open, and then kids were starting to comment to other kids instead of commenting to me. And <laughs> so I ran right in and was like, mm -hmm. nope, 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 we're going to put a stop to this. So, And a lot of them didn't want to respond because then other people heard them. I, I went ahead and just made it where I, I didn't approve them. I just listened to them. And when I say approve mm -hmm. them, you know, so I knew people would see it. So that anyone could hear my prompt, but they couldn't hear any of the responses. Right. And so that was just the way I chose to do it. You know, I, I don't think it. And then I am able still to share those responses even without approving them. So I, my first, the first week that we did distance learning, I did a little a prompt and I asked students for their feedback on what was it that they liked and what did they not like about distance learning. And then I shared out some of those responses to the teachers just so they could hear what students were saying. And a lot of them didn't even say their name at the beginning. So that mm -hmm. was great. The, the big thing that they missed about 
being together was being together, <laughs> you know, <laughs> student contact. Yeah. And so, but, but with a podcast, what's nice is you're hearing that voice and you're thinking you're, you're it's a, it is a, it's a very intimate uh, really sort is. of setting, but yet you still feel like you're getting to know the person, right? So I know there's podcasts I listen to. I feel like I know that person pretty well because, you, uh, you know, it's, it's a really personal yeah. platform, Medium. right? And yeah. yeah. And so I, you know, I think that that's one thing I really like. Also, I've, some of my students have, um, I've given them just enough information to make them dangerous. And what I mean by that is <laughs> <laughs> in lots of ways, but, but it's like showing them how to modulate their voice or showing them how to slightly change it. So they're happy with it because no one's happy with their voice because everyone knows them as their voice, but they don't, they right? Don't. Because you're just <laughs> between your ears, right? Yeah. And so students being able to slightly adjust it to where it sounds more like what they think they sound like often helps too. Mm-hmm. And so what they yeah. want to sound like. Yeah, or what you want to yeah. sound like. So yeah. I think you can't really do that with video. You could, but it's a lot easier yeah. to do it with audio. Having that as an option is nice too. Well, also with, with video, there's just the, especially with students, there's just the immediate preoccupation with what they look like and what I'm going to think about them. So what they, what they, what they sound like is way, not even just secondary, but sometimes like way on the bottom, like, what do I look like? What am I going to say? And how are people going to think about what Mm -hmm. I, what are they going to think about it? And that, and I think how they sound is probably way at the bottom. So it kind of surfaces that to the top when you eliminate Mm -hmm. all of that other expectation. Because Absolutely. then when you're only hearing somebody and that's your top priority, the craft mm. of what you're saying becomes, that's your output. And mm. I think that, yeah, it's a, and it feeds into everything else we're saying about, about what happens when you give students that kind of opportunity. It's very compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> well, listen, we're, we could go all day. I'm telling we you, could. I could just talk <laughs> about this literally all day long. But what I want to do is just ask very quickly, what's your favorite podcast? <laughs> Oh God, you can't ask a pod, a pod, a pod geek so, like me. What? So I'm at, but, you know, what are you, what are you excited about? What is it that you like and what do you listen to? And, and each of you tell me, uh, cause I, I'm always looking for new suggestions. It's awful. I'm doing it. <laughs> Alex has one on the tip of his tongue. I can tell by the way he's looking. Oh really? I, no, I'm looking at oh, my app. Oh, I know. Right I know. You look at your app too. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I have a couple. I know what I can say. I can okay, go ahead, Sarah. Okay, so um, I listen to Beautiful Anonymous, which is the long name is Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People, and okay. that is a. Um, some people want to call it storytelling, but it really isn't. Mm. It is. It is the host is. It's a very simple premise. And it almost is something that you might even think could be replicated um, mm-hmm. very simply. I don't know, maybe with students, but wait till you hear how mm. what it is and then maybe you can okay. decide. But it's a he's a comedian, Chris Gethard, mm. and he uh, a couple, I think they're on like episode 203. So like oh, wow. five years ago or so, they decided to just open up phone lines and have people call in oh, wow. and wow. give them one hour and they put a timer on a clock. And, mm. and the, his little engineer at the studio tells him when certain time stamps come up and, mm-hmm. and that he has mm-hmm. to hurry up with something. And they know they have one hour and they mm-hmm. can talk about anything about their mm-hmm. lives. They can. Add, and now by this point, they all know. Everybody knows who he, they'll ask him how he is, how his baby is like. So it starts oh, wow. with like a little conversation <laughs> and then it gets into, you know, well, you know, um, it's my last day before I'm mm. turning myself in tomorrow oh. and I'm probably going to be in prison for four years. And oh, then, wow. like literally that was an episode. And then they, we did a follow-up episode where he actually calls the prison and talks this little, uh, it's, it's oh, amazing. Wow. And you get, what you get is if there's 203 episodes, 203 episodes of 203 real people yeah. from mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. over the world wow. who literally have just called um, to talk about their life. And sometimes it'll just be someone walking their dog through a park for an hour, talking to you about, you know, how they're afraid to get married. Uh, you know, oh wow! Sometimes it'll be really heavy, like really heavy, or oh, like, like, or or nothing, or a guy, mm-hmm. or a guy who's learning how to, literally learning how to play guitar on, on, on air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the focus of the show is mental health, and so oh, he's, wow. the the comedian who is the host is is known for his. Uh, it sounds weird to say comedy about mental health, but he addresses mm. mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, very head on in the work that he does. So when people call, they know that about him. So they hmm. wind up telling him things that you might only hear like <laughs> sitting with your therapist. 
Uh, right. So it winds up right. becoming a show where you really learn the mm. vast, just the vast array of lives mm -hmm. that go on mm -hmm. that are all happening at the same time and that you never mm -hmm. know what people are going through. And it's, it's every Tuesday and I look forward to every, it's almost like, wow. it, it, it almost is like a second therapy session a week for me. Cause it's like, <laughs> it is, it sounds funny, but as soon as Tuesday morning comes, I feel like it's this therapeutic experience of hearing wow. him talk to somebody. And I don't know what that person's going to say today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they do, he'll tweet out and put on Instagram when he's recording, he tweets the phone number and he's like, call in now. And every, I call every <laughs> single time. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. What would you talk about? I don't know. What and, story? And no, it's funny is that every time someone picks up and he goes, hello, and they're like, hi, is this Chris? And he's like, yes. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I call every day. And, <laughs> and so it almost ties together wow. that old that old school radio call. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Too, of yeah. like right. calling number, to Number contact. three. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he's like, yes. And they ask how his baby wow. is. And they're like, oh my God. Well, I just found out my father has cancer. And they're like, oh my God. Oh, man. So it, it can go from funny to just devastating oh. in a second. And it's amazing. And I, I recommend it to everybody I know. Okay. Um, but so that's my long pitch for beautiful mm. anonymous. Wow. You didn't have to look at your app for that, Sarah. You knew what no. it was. I, well, yeah. literally, as soon as I opened it, um, that was the first thing that popped up. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm going to plug that. It's so universally oh, um, great. able able to be digested by so many mm. different people. So I feel like that's it's not on a specific topic. It's not, you know, you know, it's not not anything that you have to be interested in a certain mm. area to like. So I feel like it's something okay. that is widely beautiful stories from anonymous people. And that's <laughs> what it is. You're not allowed to say where who you are. Oh, wow. Um, Wow. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Awesome. Note right. taken. Great. <laughs> <laughs> <Right? laughs> All right. Who's next? I can go. Okay. Um, I've been following it's um NPR, but it's code switch. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. often I don't know if you're familiar, but oftentimes they they um they have a weekly episode. It it really revolves around race and identity. Mm -hmm. You would think that there's only so many things you can talk about, and it really does focus on issues that are kind of American centric. Mm -hmm. So you, you can look at like marginalized communities like Native American populations, but they don't just look at that. They'll look at maybe a new young adult novel that focuses on a marginalized community. One of my favorite episodes lately was looking at the xenophobia towards Chinese people in the midst of this coronavirus, right? And, and actually interviewing people who are second or third generation versus how those people are, are experiencing America right now compared to their parents who maybe were the mm -hmm. people that brained the journey. Mm -hmm. Or they'll talk to the author of like who just wrote the Whitney Houston memoir and, and what it was like to be a black woman in the oh. 80s that won Grammys, but also had a drug addiction. So it was like she was falling into like the traps that we say people of color fall into, but yet mm -hmm. just uncovering some really cool issues. They've gone live to a couple of cities around the U.S. And um, I made my mother go last year and get me a poster. And I said, Mom, what do you think? Like, was it as diverse as I imagined it? And she's like, yeah, it, it actually, she uh, lives in Alabama and you have this image of who's going to show up in Alabama. Wow. And she said it was probably the most diverse group of people she's ever sat in a theater with to watch a live podcast taping. Wow. Um, and, and what better place to talk about it than the heart of the civil rights movement, mm -hmm. um, which is that city in Birmingham, Alabama. So um, I think it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating to not live in the U.S., but to to listen to these episodes from afar. Yeah, Oftentimes yeah. they're contemporary, um, responding mm. to like what happened in Charlottesville or what's going on with the mm. election um, that's upcoming. But it's also really fascinating to listen and then process and how you experience mm. life through your gender, your mm. culture, your language, um, yeah, how you right. identify. So I find it fascinating. Mm. It's code switch. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a great one. I've also All been right. to a live taping of Beautiful Anonymous too. Have you really? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna, All right, I'm Kim gonna, or Alex, who we got? I'm gonna jump in. Okay. Um, the beautiful Roman Mars uh, has a mm. podcast called 99% Invisible that I, yeah. I'm sure all of you have heard. Yeah. Uh, I was. Jason warned us he was gonna ask us this question, and I was. <laughs> Except Sarah. Mind. Sorry, Sarah. Oh, I didn't know, but I didn't need. I don't need. Warning. I knew you didn't have to. So no. These other guys need to be prepped. <laughs> But, um, wow. I, I do need to be prepped. It's, I had a really hard time thinking about it. I was like, well, I mean, it's I hard Jason's, to narrow it down. That's the it problem. It is because it's like, I love Jason's yes. design cast. And then, like, so oh, she was trying on. to pick between I don't sign your paychecks. Kim. And I know. <laughs> anyway, um, as a person who 
I don't know, from the time I could hold a hammer and a screwdriver, I was mm. putting things together and taking things apart. Mm. And so um, for me, 99% Invisible is like the podcast investigation of, of what makes things tick, what makes them the way that mm. they are. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so it's, it's the hidden design and everything is kind of the, the idea behind it. And so mm. um, if there's one podcast that I listen to every episode. And that I think I've gone back to episode one and listened to everyone since it's probably PI. And it's they've got like up to almost 400 episodes. And um, they're so well produced. They're extremely insightful. It's everything mm. from the Sagrada Familia in, in um, mm -hmm. Barcelona. Spain Barcelona. To um, <laughs> maps. Um, a couple of weeks ago, they did one episode on who let the dogs out. It's oh wow! Like, oh, it's all over the map, yeah. And, yeah. and I can't stop. It's just... yeah. <laughs> the addiction. <laughs> Those are the best. That's the whole point. Okay, so I also love Jason's design podcast. Oh, come on, man! You guys have got to stop. And... Enough. 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 I'm done. Mic drop. Done. Boom. Okay. Done. done. Got to answer now. Okay. Suddenly, he has a million downloads tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> going on i would just like oh. 10 downloads to be honest with you so <laughs> i'm going for double digits everybody yeah kim's been on more than i've been on actually <laughs> should be so her podcast. we all like kim's design cast <laughs> yeah. kim's design cast is what it really is kim's the new design guy <laughs> what you got okay. alex I got a real one. Oh, I mean, uh, a second Whoa. one. I mean. Oh, 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 wow. Ouch. No, I mean, I don't. No. Slip of the tongue. Sorry. Um, you've all mentioned a, a bunch of great ones. Um, I have a few is hard to choose from. So one that I've been listening to lately is All Songs Considered. And I think the reason why I like it so much is I think Bob Boylan and, and Robin Hilton are so likable. And when I, whenever I listen to them talking to each other, you can tell that they're friends. And so I just feel like I'm hanging out with a group of friends, even though I'm I'm on a run and I'm just, you know, by myself in actuality. I just, I really like their, their back and forth. It's just so pleasant. I, I really enjoy it. And then for the second reason why I would recommend them as well um, is I really like music and they always encourage me to expand what I would listen to. And they, they bring up such a wide range of, of great music. And one that, that really pushed my boundaries of, of what I would listen to was I'm trying to remember the person's name. We, maybe we can write it, write it in the description later somewhere after I look it up. But it's a, a German electronic musician. Mm. And he usually makes very, uh, you know, kind of rigid electronic music. It's always very on the beat. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, electronic music. And so this guy made a bunch of instruments out of wood and um, he wanted to make a conceptual album and it was supposed to be what it would sound like if trees were talking or if trees were communicating. So it's like, it sounds like electronic music, but it's all done by hand and it's a bunch of wood hitting one another, uh, like striking one another. It sounds so cool. And so I was just walking around yesterday, you know, going around in the city and and just kind of getting lost in thoughts. And they they brought up this incredible music. And then you know, we listen to the new Corner Shop album, and we listen to all these other great things. So I I really enjoy um, the the breadth in the mm -hmm. different music that they bring up. So, all songs considered, pretty good. That is a good choice. I now I'm going to do choices. the same. I'm going to do the same thing. I was going to say that it was uh, from Bell to Bell, but I haven't heard a new episode in a while. Oh my so. god! <laughs> I'm sorry, Sarah. I had to do it, man. I know. <laughs> You know, we should have had Aunt, my co-host Andy. We should have had him on too. So yeah, I admit, you know, I thought about that after we started recording. I thought, oh, Andy, where's Andy? Because um, he would have with... left by now. Yeah, he'd have left by now and eaten pizza or something. But, oh um, <laughs> but um, you know, I... our podcast was four hours long. It went four, four hours, hours, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm a Southerner, and so I like to tell stories. <laughs> no way. So, I know. You're surprised, aren't you, Brie? Being Shocking. a fellow Southerner. Come on now. <laughs> anyway, no so there's a, there's a podcast I've just started listening to, and I really enjoy. I shared this with Brie, actually. It's called The Bitter Southerner. Yes. And wow, uh, they have a whole episode know. just about the Waffle House. Uh, and so <laughs> it, it is fantastic. And so I'll make sure to – 
What's that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's an okra one somewhere. Uh, oh, there is. I've heard it. It's great. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. So the Bitter Southerner, I think, is what. And I found it through NPR. So it's actually syndicated through NPR. And it's really good because it's very homey uh, and, and very relatable. And it makes me miss home uh, mm. almost. Oh, and uh, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that one's really good. What's that? I'm from Atlanta. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So hot Atlanta. So, but. Just that, that um doesn't have a whole lot of perspective into the South. Well, I mean, just gets a whole lot of stereotypical mm-hmm. input about what the South is like. Being able to listen to that podcast is yeah. eye-opening and beautiful. And yeah. I want to, yeah. Have I'll you heard it before too. too then, Kim? I just got exposed to it a couple of weeks ago. A friend of ours yeah. who's from uh, North Carolina came up and she's mm-hmm. like talking about it. And she's like, you got to listen to it. And so it's that okay. Yeah. And incredible. It's so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't isolate or exclude people from listening mm-hmm. to it who aren't Southern. <laughs> in fact, yeah. it's really more about being a Southern ambassador almost. But mm. uh, And the guy's voice is really un, um, untrained in a sense. You know, he's just really mm-hmm. real. And so I've enjoyed listening. The Waffle House episode is just fantastic. So you all have to listen to it now. All about scattered and covered and smothered. So it's really good stuff. And so... <laughs> Don't don't listen when you're hungry. Yeah, as a language person, you guys would really, language folks, you'd really love it. But, well, listen, guys, thank you guys so much for being here. I went way longer than I thought we would. But thanks again, Sarah, for that. (laughs) We always go way too long. We always go way too long. This should be, we should do it from bell to bell of just this group right here. That's right. 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 This is what I miss about teaching. I miss having (laughs) colleagues that I can just jam out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. but you guys have been great guests. You've been very gracious, and thank you so much. And um, I'm actually going to strip the audio from this and make it into a podcast. Ironically, so yeah. be on We're the lookout for that. We're going to go for for ten downloads. That's that's the goal. And so there you go. <laughs> nice. Tim's nice. design cast. So, <laughs> thanks so much, guys. I appreciate thanks, you being Kristen. here. Thanks so much for having us. Have Bye. a good one. Bye, peeps. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.